Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Rubble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. And now, it's time for Inside Conan. An important Hollywood podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I have a little bit of granola in my throat. <laughs> oh, that's it is the holiday season. So you have holiday granola. I do. I, it was actually a gift. Yeah. I, someone sent me granola as a gift too. I, <laughs> I was like, okay, anything goes. They really know our type. It was a bag of oats. I mean, I guess I have to write a thank you note. (laughs) You do love oatmeal, though. I do. Thanks for the oats. Oh, this is a true Inside Conan story. Sweeney used to order an oatmeal every morning from the Starbucks on the Warner Brothers lot. Yes. uh, Yeah, I did. And you'd get, I remember you'd get all the fixins. Well. The walnuts. It saddens me that that's worthy (laughs) of this podcast, but I guess so. Hey, well, what about you? And I'd see you put stuff in your mouth and eat it. Yeah, yeah. I would also... I don't know what you would nosh on. I just like when people have a routine and you had a really... Right. You had a routine. You also would only... And then I wouldn't like, eat... Yeah, you wouldn't eat all day. I wouldn't eat the rest of the day and never eat lunch because I was just like... Too busy. And just stressing. I was going on... Yeah. I hate to use the word adrenaline. I don't think that's the right word. <laughs> it was some other... <laughs> <laughs> bad humor created in my body. Yeah, but then I'd, I'd like to imagine that you'd go home and eat a whole pot of bolognese. Oh, yes. Well, my wife's an amazing cook, and uh, I would go home and yeah. have many meals. <laughs> anyway, I, I think we that's our intro for t- this we've week, covered right? covered everything about Conan O'Brien. Yes, and our oatmeal fetish. Um, yeah, oh, did we, uh, yeah, I'm Jesse Gaskell, and that's Mike Sweeney. Oh, blah, right, blah, blah. we never said our names. It's okay. And we're writers on Conan and oatmeal eaters, <laughs> and receivers of, uh, Chronic oatmeal eaters. Breakfast oats for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do, I love that we both got that, and it's, yeah. it's very on-brand for us. You know what, no one gives a shit about anything anymore. It's 2021. Yeah. And people are sending breakfast cereals as gifts. That's I loved fun. it. I think it's it's perfect. It's something I need anyway. It's I great. I don't want more stuff. I'm just assuming whoever sent it to me won't be listening to this. <laughs> you know what? It's okay if they do. Yeah. Yeah. They know that you were nourished. How about you? My granola was perfectly timed because I got it right before I took a little road trip. Yeah. Out to the desert, oh. to Death Valley National Park. Death Valley, 
is one of my favorite places on the planet. It is beautiful. And I love, it's it's kind of an underrated national park. Yes. I feel okay talking about it on this podcast because of our close-knit listenership. Anyone who enjoys this podcast is probably obsessed with Death Valley. I'm, I yeah. feel comfortable about that. <laughs> I was obsessed with Death Valley since I was a little kid. And when I finally got to go there, I... Did it live up? Such relief. Yo, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. How, have you, had you been there before? I had been once before. Okay. Um, and I decided to go for my birthday, which just felt oh, like a good... That's great. Commemoration yeah. of life yes. to be in Death Valley. That is fantastic. It's the perfect time of year to go because otherwise it's 130 degrees there, yes. Fahrenheit, and it's awful. But this time of year is perfect. Yes. And it's a little cold. Yeah. And... It, it, but then it warms up during the day and you can visit all the the salt flats and there's beautiful painted canyons. It's also starkly beautiful. And if you love geology and who doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all there for you, man. It is. It's it's a, a billion years of work being done. It's incredible. By volcanic forces and water. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the summer when it's super hot, I think it's crawling with tourists from Europe because oh, they, they they don't know. <laughs> they know, but I think the take is they crave heat and sunlight so much that they decide to go to Death Valley and get it and get, all in one exactly, trip. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, that is instead funny. of going to Dubai, <laughs> they come to Death Valley. Those are the two options. Uh huh. It was crowded, but it's never. It's one of those national parks that's not that. It, I just think it's a little under the radar. It's not as Instagrammed. Well, it's hard to get to. It's a little hard to get to. Yeah. It's five hours from anywhere. Oh, we saw a Roadrunner. Oh. One morning. Yeah. That was the first one I've ever seen. He actually was, he jumped on our breakfast table. He. And was sort of. I, I Please, Jesse, come on. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I, I didn't get his pronouns. But the Roadrunner was intimidating us to drop. Really? Our breakfast burritos. Yeah. Puffing up his feathers and, and kind of staring us down. I hated the Roadrunner on the cartoon. I always wanted the wolf to get the same Roadrunner and kill it and eat it. And then they could stop <laughs> making those stupid cartoons. Ugh, and it's a beep, I know. Beep. It was a real will they or won't they. Yeah. Uh, me, me. But the real one sounds like just a total dick. Yeah. No, I mean, he was really kind of intimidating. Yeah. And... I was a little bit scared because I was like, I don't know what they're right. I, yeah, what they're capable of. They could be apex predators. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> At the very least, he's going to paint a hole onto the side of a wall, and I'm going to accidentally run into it <laughs> on your birthday of all days. On my birthday. Uh, yeah. So wow, that's great. So you're in Death Valley. I was. I had a. I had a birthday. Uh, feeling a little prepared for the next trip around the sun. I always told my wife if she left me, I would move right to a trailer that's like 100 yards back from a dirt road (laughs) somewhere in your Joshua tree. And that would be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It'd be great. You could make art out of old tire irons. and All along the driveway up to my RV. Yeah, I know. I really want, if I ever go crazy, I want it to be the kind that makes a big, some giant art installation out in the desert. 
out of garbage. Yes. Yeah, that's what I would love to do. And have it be like so big that you can see it from space and it's supposed to attract aliens and tell them where to There's land. There's one of those south of uh, Palm Springs, Salvation. Near the Salton Sea. Yes. I always tell people if you're in near Palm Springs and you have extra time, Drive around the Salton Sea. It's the greatest. Yes, it's crazy. I, I do the same thing. It's it's all these dead fish. Right. And really overly salinated water and yeah, well, the abandoned coolest, resorts. There was a place called um, Salton City that they, they wanted to be the, the next Palm Springs. And, this, and so they mapped it out. They gridded yeah. it. And when you drive through there... The grid still comes up in your GPS, but there's nothing. Oh, funny. There's nothing there. Well, the streets are all laid out. There's a yeah. few houses. Some people ha- still live there, but most of it, maybe that's where I'll end up living. It's nomad land, too. I'll move down there. <laughs> the way things are going, right? I mean, what the hell? This country, uh. I know. Well, you know what? This yes, it's the season not for oh, complaining. Oh, what a segue! But for celebrating. Oh my God! This is our big ho- yes. holiday Christmas episode. Who has more holiday spirit than us? <laughs> we have a great holiday episode. <laughs> we do. We actually really do. Yes. And this this was such a fun conversation that we had with three really beloved former Conan writers. Yes. Brian Stack, Brian McCann, and Todd Levin. Two Brian's and a Todd. It's a Todd sandwich with Brian bread. And we talked to them because they had a lot of holiday kind of classic Conan holiday bits on the show that they were associated with. So we thought we'd... Yeah, including Minty the candy cane, which is a fan favorite. Briefly fell on the ground. We get a lot of questions about. Yeah, I mean there's there's tons of stuff we didn't even get to talk about, but uh and then we kind of went off from things on the show to other Christmas chat involving the show. So without further ado, it's our Holiday Spectacular. Well, we're doing a holiday special today. We are. We're very excited about it. How cute is that? It's so special. We have three guests instead of one guest. That's how jam-packed this episode is. Yeah, we do. And only two of them are named Brian. Yes. We have two Brians and a Todd. Yes. Three great writers uh, from Late Night with Conan O'Brien and The Conan Show. And we're going to talk about what it was like at the holidays or at Conan. Yeah, we always had really ambitious sketches on Conan for the holidays. It was it was fun. It felt like a real, a true variety show. Yeah. We, we had to work sometimes right up to Christmas and then right after Christmas. So that's an, another reason we had a lot of comedy about the holiday season. You knew that it was coming, and so you could plan ahead. Right. It's always going to be the holidays at some point. And by plan ahead, we're talking two days in advance right. instead of one day. Well, first of all, let's let's uh, introduce our three guests. First, we have Brian McCann. Hi, Brian. Hi, everyone. That's Brian's voice. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to tell tales of Christmas and, you know, talk the show come holiday time. That's great. Thank you for speaking in a complete sentence so we can pull that out. That's one of my uh, strong suits. (laughs) And we should break up the Brian. So next is Todd Levin. Hello, Todd. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for that that Conan-esque setup. That was (laughs) needlessly long. (laughs) It made me nostalgic for the show. Well, first we need to explain what Christmas is. Right, right, right. (laughs) There's this guy, Jesus. Go back 2,000 years. (laughs) The Romans were pissed. And then we have uh, our other Brian, Mr. Brian Stack. Hello, Brian. Welcome back. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jesse. 
Bri, Todd, it's so great to see all of you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you too. Sure. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are here. Well, that was fun. Yeah. And, uh, we got a lot done. Yeah, I think this is coming out probably in a couple of weeks. So check it out and listen to yourselves. <laughs> Anything to promote. <laughs> Well, Brian Stack, we could start with you. Um, we I mean, you played Santa so many times. I don't know if you remember what was your first Christmas at the Conan show, and did you were you already being recruited to play Santa at that point? I don't remember playing Santa that early, but I, I always loved doing Santa, and um, I think it was one of the early Christmases. One of my favorite memories from uh, the first few years of, of holiday time was. Do you remember the the other Christmas ghosts we did? Yes. But it was um, ghosts visiting Conan like the Christmas ghosts in Christmas right. Carol. But they were, uh, one was like Ghost of Christmas Shark Attacks. And right. um, that was Rob Cordry, by the way. And I remember uh, Dorf was Ghost of Christmas likes people to watch him work out. Right. It was just him lifting weights, <laughs> listening to ACDC. And it was just, I remember rehearsal being <laughs> kind of tense and... Uh, a little uncomfortable and then it was one of my favorite bits to to watch so i love how it turned out yes and and you and uh brian mccann were both in it brian mccann was the ghost who's afraid of other ghosts <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> i was the ghost of christmas sweaters i was just right. the earl of early i was the early beat you to, were the to first... get it going and then uh we mentioned this sketch a few weeks ago as examples of like a sketch that conan just hated in rehearsal <laughs> and didn't want to be a part of. And I'm glad you brought it up because I remember that rehearsal too. He was like, oh, I just lie in bed. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't enough for him to do. Right. He's like the Scrooge character and he had to lie in this for post bed <laughs> and just wait for different. He goes, oh, I just sit here and, and different ghosts come up and do their bits and then they go away. And we're like, well, yeah, that is it. <laughs> but why is that so bad? Well, there, there was always extra stress because you'd come in there heavy with beats to be cut. And right. so there, there would be a lot of lame, lame and like questionable performances from <laughs> people that weren't really actors that had been, that had been brought in because their relative worked there. <laughs> I was just thinking, is this the only show that was designed to like, have beats cut? Like that we would... Right. It turned like, into that. Come in with like, a volume of jokes that we knew were going to get cut. Sacrificial lambs. Right. Santa and the Elf, I always felt bad for the kids because it was so hard to explain to kids that sometimes beats just got cut and it wasn't their fault. And uh, you'd have to explain to the kids and their parents that, that, that we just write more be beats than are going to get through. And Santa and the Elf was always a really fun bit, too. Uh, but I always felt terrible for the kids that got cut because right. we're used to getting cut, you know. But Yeah. Anyway. And, and Conan started getting sick of doing that bit, too. That's where Conan would play kind of like a department store Santa, but live in the performance, what we call the performance area. And kids would come and sit in his lap and he'd grant their wishes. And so it was just a joke delivery system. A lot of those kids did get cut because they were bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think enough time has passed now that... Uh... <laughs> They're 30 years old. Yeah. Oh, man. And some of those parents... Oh, man. Mm. Oh, boy. I remember... Yeah, they'd driven from Arizona, uh, like, spent all night in the right. car. Yeah. I remember one parent made their... They got cut from this bit, and they made the kid go over to the writer and apologize. Oh. And you saw the mother, oh. like, hectoring the child <laughs> and then, like, pushing them. And then it was like, I'm sorry I didn't do well. Please give me another <laughs> chance. 
seven-year-old kid. Oh, oh the worst. The worst. And you had to explain, no, we just wrote that right. bit so that Conan would have something right. to cut That's to make right. him feel right. good about himself. Right. <laughs> uh, you're just a pawn in a three-dimensional chess game, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. There was, there was one kid, I, I know, Sweeney, you'll remember it, and I don't know if it was quite Santa and the Elves, but I'm sure we brought him in for it. And he thought it was funny to wring his hands, or he had been coached to wring his hands like an evil, oh, yeah. an oh, evil, uh, and he was like, oh, yeah. And it was just so, <laughs> it was, and you could almost see the parent, like, in the wings sort of miming. Thumbs yeah. up. Right. Yeah. 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 Thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Keep going. Keep, I want to hear those hands scraping. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to eat dinner tonight. Scrape those hands. <laughs> so, Brian, that was your first Christmas at the show, was that sketch? I don't think that was the first Christmas. I'm trying oh, to remember okay. the early, it was an early, it was in the first few years, though. Yeah. I remember Andy Blitz was in it, too. And uh, so it was probably a few years in. Right. But I do remember um, playing uh, Santa a few times. I remember one where where Santa was hanging around after Christmas and just wouldn't leave. He was like a guest that wouldn't, right. he was awkwardly yeah. hanging out. And I remember Conan tossing in the line of like, Oh, and now that you're done with me, I just get the old Baltimore boot. And um, <laughs> that was such a Conan line, like the Baltimore boot. Um, that was a line I think he tossed in at rehearsal. But I, I just watched one of those, and yeah, it was literally done the day we did a show the day after Christmas, and that's what horrified me. I don't even remember. <laughs> like, wait, we didn't get the we didn't get Boxing Day <laughs> off. Like, what the hell? It was I just forgot we. Yeah, I remember we would do it up till the twenty third a lot, and I remember. Once we, uh, Conan and Andy were going to run down and see the presents at the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center, and they came down in their pajamas and they came running down. And I had to be a security guard telling them they couldn't see the presents, and they knocked me over. And I remember having to run from that to catch a plane to get to Chicago because it was, we would literally, <laughs> oh, wow. That was like <laughs> December 23rd in the evening, right? You know, and Christmas <laughs> Eve was literally the next day. And so, yeah, we were always right up till the, Right up till Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I forgot we'd come right back the day after and then do the show right through New Year's Eve, mm -hmm. which is also yeah. like, you know, now it seems, you know, ancient evil labor laws. Yeah, now everyone takes the whole month of December off. Right. <laughs> and for, for when we did the Central Time Zone countdown, Brian, didn't we once send you to Chicago to stand out in the cold shirtless? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was on uh, the shores of Lake Michigan at midnight. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. For no reason, like it uh, could have been so <laughs> right. so easily green screen. <laughs> you could have been in New Jersey. That was the funniest thing to me was I was like when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, it's so dark. Brian shirtless and genuinely cold. He could have been in the studio like with it. <laughs> There's no faking those hard nipples. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, but we had so much integrity, we had to send them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Verite. Yeah, that was the other thing we do. It was like, oh, what do we do for a joke countdown? So it was like, oh, we're on, you know, at midnight for the central time zone only. Because normally we came on 1230 the East Coast. So that was our big comedy bit every year was... The Midwest Countdown. One of my favorite bits, and I, I think it might have been Thanksgiving, though, instead of Christmas, so I apologize to the particular listener that's uh, upset about that, <laughs> uh, but was I always loved the unwanted uh, relatives drive where, oh, that was fun. where you'd parade out all these just miserable uh, <laughs> sort of uh, family relative archetypes that were just... <laughs> 
So you got the guy who did the crazy, lame uh, Jack Nicholson impersonation. <laughs> and they were just like like horrible uncles and cousins no one wanted. And we were trying to get them booked for holiday dinners. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Tom Riley, our editor, played the Jack Nicholson yeah. impersonator. Yeah. He had the to bad hold Jack. up his hair, with, his hair with his hand going, I'm not going to hurt you. Or, or something. <laughs> he was just doing this. And it was Tom. We were like, Tom, you, will you do this? He's like, why me? And we're Yeah, like, how did you cast him? I think it was partly because we liked Tom so much. And also we knew that it wouldn't be an impressive Jack Nicholson impression. <laughs> yeah. That it would just be. What if he had done one that was too good? But you knew he wouldn't. You knew he would not <laughs> come through with that. Yeah. <laughs> he was a wonderful guy. We were glad to get him on camera for once. <laughs> a little extra holiday scratch. <laughs> exactly. I just remembered... Uh, the masturbating bear sketch where he was put in the money booth and Brian, uh, Mr. McCann here was the guy on the phone who was hoping the bear would grab money so that he could get money for his family for the holidays. That's right. So however much money the bear grabbed, Brian's character on the other end would get it for his, <laughs> for his family. And the bear, of course, grabs no money and just masturbates the whole time <laughs> and in the cash booth. And I remember Brian's line at the end, <laughs> very... Very heartbroken. He goes, that bear masturbated away my kid's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that was our take on the holiday. That's right. <laughs> well, that yeah, I mean, it was kind of a good excuse to bring back old characters, too, that uh, could just be yeah. <laughs> recycled. Oh, yeah. It was a dumping ground. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the turkeys once getting killed uh for thanksgiving godfather style so it's a montage like at, in when the michael corleone does all the murders during the christening right the montage so there's a turkey going through the revolving door and he gets shot by a hitman and <laughs> it was just all the turkeys getting killed godfather style was very fun too because we had these two great turkey puppets that they made when the show started because i think the writer they were they were beautiful they were they were they really <laughs> looked like real turkeys. yes and the heads turned and they went up and down and and one even had it could you you could shoot stuff out of its bird nostrils. <laughs> like I think once it laughed so hard at a Conan joke, like milk came out of its nose. And <laughs> that was always fine. So we just started using them again every year for different Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah, that that Godfather montage was great. Were they built for the kiss ass turkey? Is that why they have them? Yes. Okay. So that was Dino Stamatopoulos's bit, I think, from like the first year. He was the king of large bird humor. <laughs> Turkeys and Tamari, the ostrich. He had that wonderful high-pitched cackling laugh, right. you know, which was always fun. I will say, though, the bit I hear about the most is the, the one Todd created that Brian got to play, Minty. And yeah. yes. Todd was nice enough to have me sing the song, which was such a, a treat for me to get to do. But Brian coming out as Minty and Todd had the uh, the, the concept and... and um, very grateful to him for asking us to do it because that that's one that I hear about a lot. Yeah, to this yes, day. And that's I always, a big like, fan favorite. Yeah. And I remember uh, I came in to do a Poseidon bit the next week oh, that gosh, got cut at rehearsal, and Conan even made me sing the Minty song in my Poseidon outfit to get which the was... bad taste of that <laughs> sketch out of, <laughs> yeah, out of his mouth. Exactly. <laughs> I remember standing backstage dressed like Poseidon, and Roger Waters from Pink Floyd was being brought on, and I was like, "Oh, I got cut because Roger Waters is coming out." <laughs> <laughs> so, that was the only way I knew. Because Conan wants like, to look cool in front of Roger Waters. <laughs> I remember. I think I, I think you and I wrote that and the Poseidon thing. Why was he Poseidon? Why were you Poseidon? 
Just because we had water in the background? Is it because of the backdrop? The, the I think water? it was because the backdrop was water. So it's like, you know, like, uh, I need, we need a bit with the water. Use every yeah. part of the buffalo. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I don't have any memory of why or what that sketch was supposed to be. I just remember having to sing Mindy and come out as they were taking my tail off. Yes, you were like shirtless <laughs> in a long wig <laughs> while they were removing your costume. That's one of my favorite memories, though, is one of my favorite memories was singing Minty in that outfit. So mm. it was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think a that's a scrap, Scrap right? moment. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm so glad someone that they rolled on that because that was really fun to see. You know what else? That song's really catchy. Well, you know, when I first pitched the thing to you, and I think I sent you lyrics, I remember this. I don't remember exactly what the lyrics were, but I remember sending them like on a Friday at the end of the day, and they were really terrible. <laughs> it was like a completely different kind of song. I feel like it was like sexual in nature too i feel like it was like a <laughs> like it was like originally a slow jam or something and then i think i kind of felt like you were sort of like yeah 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 <laughs> like we'll get to it and i could tell it was terrible so i think <laughs> i think i just over the weekend i came up with the other version of it and i think it was more like in my car on the way to work i sort of came up with a the melody for it and it was just a totally different song it just ended up working oh cool I love the evolution story yeah well yeah do you remember todd if it was i mean did that come out of like we need to come up with some new holiday characters or was it i just... mean every holiday is like that where it's just yeah. right. can you dump a bunch of holiday crap <laughs> on us and right. we just sort of sift through it and see what what works um so it was just i mean i'm sure it was just filtering through whatever news is happening. Like anything that's interesting on that day is something to use for the show. So the holidays were always, I guess, sort of a gift for the first couple of years you write for the show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then for the next seven years, it's a Wait, curse, yeah. a terrible curse. We're doing that again? Yeah, yeah. That was how I felt about the human centipede menorah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Which you also came up with. Yeah, which I yeah. think was the very first holiday thing I did for the show. Oh. oh, really? Okay. It, it was like it's a my, big one. It was right after The Tonight Show. So, which okay. there might have been a holiday thing in The Tonight Show, but I don't remember anything about that show. Right. Um, I know. It's a blank. As a Jewish person, I'm usually, I usually find Jewish humor really cringy and uncomfortable. I just don't like it. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if it's self hating, but I just, I, ne I never liked, like, you know, it's not the Super Bowl, it's the Matzo Bowl. Like, I never, <laughs> I just always hated that kind of thing. That was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was always funny when you did it. <laughs> I just remember the first time Brian asked me to play Frankenstein in a bit. It was, Brian, it was Frankenstein lighting the menorah, mm -hmm. and he becomes scared of the fire and, like, <laughs> freaks out. <laughs> But he comes in solemnly to light the menorah, like really, like it's a traditional thing. And he immediately becomes terrified of the fire, which was, that was the first time I ever played Frankenstein. So thanks, Bri. You're very welcome. <laughs> the, uh, the menorah human centipede thing, though, that was right at the top of the human centipede craze. So it was. Yes. Mm -hmm. that, was that was an inspired bit of genius, I would right. say. Right. <laughs> The performers who were the segments of that <laughs> centipede still reach out to me occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> like it's this weird, like a Stockholm syndrome. I was candle number six. It's yeah. almost like, yeah, it's like a little <laughs> bit of a Stockholm syndrome. One, there's one guy in particular who would, who talked to me a lot and he was trying to, he had been in touch with a lot of the other segments and they, <laughs> he was trying to make a documentary about them <laughs> being the menorah. Like it was that traumatic for them. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, I, I really did feel terrible about that afterwards. 
but it, it's a very impressive <laughs> visual. Scott Cronick did an amazing well, did job. Did they really have to eat each other's asses? They didn't have to. They chose to. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were in very, very close proximity, mouth to ass. Like it was. Yes, they were. They had all these sort of codes of conduct that they engaged in. Mm. One of the guys told me. Like, they, like, yeah, like they wouldn't eat before the segment. Oh, wow. So they're out of respect to each other. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about all they had to go through. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, every time we rehearsed that, I would like, I couldn't make eye contact. <laughs> Most of them, you could only make eye contact with the front body. There's only one face. That's right. I was just like, oh. Uh, but think of the laughs. If we can just look past what we're watching right now and think of the big yucks. Wait, so they came up with their own code of, like, they're like, if we're going to do this. Oh, they're going to make it civilized. One of the most amazing things about that bit was that at least like seven or eight of the nine guys who were the segments in the menorah would come back every year because we did it. Right. Four yeah. years in a row, five years Maybe. in a row, yeah. even? Four. No, did we really? Wow. Yeah. I feel like we did. I mean, it just. It was one of those things where by the end I was like hiding out. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Todd, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> Todd! I was like, I don't think we need to do that again. Now, can you can you explain to me the logic of why they wouldn't eat before if their face is just going to be, you know, as Jesse said, in an ass? So they wouldn't like pass gas uh. in each other's faces. <laughs> like they're trying to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. That was the idea, I think, I guess. And that's a great acting tip for anyone... You know, yeah, that's playing right. a human uh, centipede going forward. No burritos. <laughs> Sarah Silverman at one point came out to light the human centipede. She did. I think that was a, that might have been the last year we did it. Was that the I last think, one? Yeah, I was able to make the argument that we weren't going to do better than that. You're not going to top that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're always trying to find reasons we can't right, right, keep right. doing a bit. <laughs> Here's my argument. Like you presented that in January. <laughs> Here's my argument why we shouldn't do this again 11 months from now. Fred the suits. <laughs> Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from Breezeline. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten moldy mascot memorabilia, often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at NJM.com. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. (sighs) 
And it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more. Well, and that's another question to bring up. I mean, it's tough sometimes if you come up with a successful bit and then you know it's going to get refilled year, year after year and you have to keep heightening it. I mean, would you start thinking about those sometimes earlier in the year and, okay, I'm going to have to start coming up with a with a topper for this? No. I think sometimes people would be in denial, like just like, yeah, uh, they're not going to bring it back. There's no way they would ask me to do that again. I mean, did you guys ever, like, there was so much other stuff to think about every day for the show. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I would always just pray for a blizzard or some large news. (laughs) (laughs) Or a school shooting. Yeah, any 12, 11. (laughs) (laughs) I remember... Brian, Brian, didn't you fly back to do Minty once? You flew all the way across the country. Uh, I I found out, uh, my uh, my wife told me it was uh, twice I was flown out for that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Wow. I remembered one time, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because we made, we like, we wrote it into the script one time. I remember it was uh, like literally two days after my son was born, and I was just like, yes, I will absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Did you email, don't you guys want to use Minty this year? It's that time of year, you guys. If you want to do a week of Minty, I can stay (laughs) for the next 10 days. One show, Los Lobos was on, and they were so excited to get their picture taken with Minty. Oh, that's so cool. that, That made my day. Oh, that's so nice. They did the song in Spanish, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. Oh, cool. I feel like they recorded it for us in Spanish. Yeah. They did the oh. Slipknot song in Spanish, uh, right? Where they they did part of the tribute on Nuts thing. I remember they they did a version of Don't Worry Baby where uh, <laughs> they uh, just turned it into a Slipknot song in Spanish. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Will, our engineer, is saying that that is true. Los Lobos <laughs> did do Minty in Spanish as well. How cool. That's pretty great. I love when you find out musicians are big comedy fans, like Jack White or yeah. I remember John Mayer mentioned a bit yeah. Brian was in with Glazer called T Copywriter Cage Match, which is one of my favorites. And John oh, I love that bit. Just that John Mayer remembered it and was like, Hey, were you in T Copywriter Cage Match? I'm like <laughs> and I said I said, No, but it's one of my favorite bits and I can't believe you remember it. That's awesome. He's a big co- uh, Danny Harrison was a huge fan of the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember oh, he'd come on and he'd, he'd be like, oh my God, it's Brian Stack. It's Brian McCann. I can't- that's <laughs> unbelievable. Is that in the Beatles documentary? Yeah, that's that's in Get Back. <laughs> I love that they he liked inappropriate and stuff and like just that, uh, yeah, that's just surreal to me. Um, I love the version of Minty where there's a whole pre-tape of him like waking up out in the in the grass and getting the ants to climb aboard. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. where he It's like uh, the origin story, like yeah. stop motion animation. Was that with Jack McBrayer? Was it, that was, no, that was the last time we did, I think. I think you did, that was one you did fly out for, right? Yeah. Yeah. We did, I mean, it was like the second year we did it. We did like a stop motion animation where you're waking up in the grass. Yeah. And then all the ants <laughs> hop aboard and. Get on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And Todd is in that one, too. Yeah, yeah. You get stuck to the bottom of my shoe, I think, at one point. (laughs) The the design of that costume, like, it'd always be when McCann would leave after he whipped canes at Conan's head. He'd throw um, candy canes at Conan, but then he'd 
turn and leave and you'd see the back of the costume for the first time and see the ants climbing up it. I was always like, oh, that's, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a great touch. I love that. Yeah. Well, it was, it was one of those bits where each department really kind of brought their A game and made it fun. Mm-hmm. Good music, good costumes. That's very true. I was always amazed by every department. You'd ask them for something, and it was always e- even better than you dreamed it would be. Like Scott Chronic, you know, would come in with hats for, for bits or costumes. Oh, man, and they yeah. were all, there was always an added thing you didn't think of that was made it even funnier. Yes. They did that for the when we do the holiday was it the Christmas sweater contest? Right. Yeah. They would yeah, just we also want to talk about that. Yeah. get so involved, like chronic, but also like special effects and everything mm-hmm. graphics and everybody was wild. That's a bit we did three or four times, maybe, or five. Yeah. That was a hard one to talk. That was your bit too, right? Mm-hmm. You want to describe it? Please do. You know, it was just a dopey, the premise is that sort of dopey, like office holiday sweater, you know, your ugly holiday sweater contest. Right. But- it was always the same two people who were like the top competitors. And they were like these people who would go really gung ho and make these really elaborate holiday sweaters. So one of them, like one had like a, I remember one year they, there was like a whole ski hill on like a ski mountain, like people skiing down her sweater and like actually little skiers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah little skiers, like actually moving right. on the sweater and then like a ski lift and stuff that went across her arms or something. And then like <laughs> a cloud came up behind her head that had snowed down. Snow. <laughs> and I think Cronin, Dan Cronin, one of the, the writers on the show was always played one of them. And he, one year he had a completely edible gingerbread costume that he'd been eating. So he, we had put him in a fat suit that one year because like, he'd just been eating his costume for, for like a month. But then it would always, the idea was that it was always like these two people, Andy was judging the contest. Is it going to be this person or this person? And then it would get interrupted by these guys dressed as elves who would always say like, they would always announce like this wonderful costume in like, like hark <laughs> I hear in the distance. Right. It was some stupid thing. And then the curtain foot part would be Conan in this like really, really over the top costume and he would win every year. That was it. Yeah, I remember one where there were live animals coming out of the sweater. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, ma- a manger scene. It was a manger scene. And there was like, yeah, there was a, like a, a mule or, or <laughs> a donkey, like coming through the sweater and, and some <laughs> other animals like a goat or something the reindeer might have been for a different one i i do remember there being a reindeer on there was a reindeer in one of the sketches too where i think yeah it was one of the costumes had a sled built onto it and then there was also a live reindeer attached to it that's right yeah (laughs) those guys would knock themselves out Todd, I just remembered, I, I remember having to get a holiday version of the basic cable name that tune suit. Oh man, it was the coolest. It, a, a tailor made it in Hollywood and um, I couldn't believe they made a special Christmassy version of the crappy suit that I had to wear for that. So we did one or two holiday versions of, of basic cable name that tune where, yeah, it was just all the songs were ripoffs of real, real songs. Right. And I remember Terrible. Conan always enjoyed hating the character so right. much. <laughs> 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 yeah, what was the name of your character again? Brian LaFontaine. <laughs> Brian LaFontaine. Todd, Todd named, uh, named that one again, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were trying to think of some Christmas or holiday disasters, and I was remembering Frisbee Claws. Frisbee Claws, for oh, sure. Man. Oh, man. Were you, were you, you there for Frisbee Claws, man? I might have been no. right after you left. No. Oh. But Brian Stack voiced it, right? Didn't we also have Noghog? The Noghog? <laughs> Noghog. It was... That was a disaster, right? Yeah, but that, that got Frisbee on. Claus was like, the, all, was the whole idea was it was just 
A frisbee with a Santa Claus hat. A, a red frisbee. <laughs> That's right. And it would get like thrown to Conan, right? From off camera. Right. And then and he'd throw lines. And Santa Claus would always just be going, oh, like he was getting dizzy. <laughs> right? He was going to throw up. <laughs> I think it was thrown in front of him, maybe. Like It was. It went yeah, from back side to side forth. like the world's yeah, fastest. Yeah, it was on a string. That's right. The world's fastest there. menorah did that, too. It went like, yes. that was an old late night bit where it would zip across the screen. and. Mm-hmm. That's one um, of those where I was like, this is a home run. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just was <laughs> like, we rehearsed it before everyone came down to the studio and it, it just seemed hilarious. It was so dumb. It was so funny though. Yeah. I, yeah. Conan just hated it. It was like, he was mad at us. You know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you get mad because like, it's, it's just, it's so obviously lazy. Like, and right. you think that that's yes. funny that it's right. that lazy, but Right. He'll just resent us for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we can do better. We know we can do better. Right. Well, and with Stack as the voice, I mean, he can improvise himself out of anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jesse. I, <laughs> I think I was there. I think that's a scrap, too, where Prisby Claus is being rehearsed, right? Like, where. Yeah. I it, think so. Yeah. Conan clearly isn't into it. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his, his, like, dead eyes just staring yeah. straight ahead as this Prisby's <laughs> yeah. going by. Not since Christmas Ghosts. <laughs> by the way, yeah. if you watch that episode you were talking about, I think it's online. You can see, like, knowing that he hated it. It's funny. It's <laughs> funny to watch because he's just glare. Yeah. He's glares through the whole sketch and is just barely. He's like doing a monotone version of all his life. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I wonder what the next ghost is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. What was Noghog? I don't think I've seen uh, that. I, I vaguely remember. Yeah. I don't remember. It was just an actual hog out there, right? Yeah. A very large <laughs> hog with like tons of nipples. A very large hog. Right. <laughs> you know, speaking of Andre, the, Andre Dubuche, yeah. he, he had the very first holiday season of the TBS show was when we did Gravy Boat Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Right. And, uh, that was Andre's idea. And it was so fun to do. And I remember thinking, it was so fun to do something that insane. And how can you not love something that the first line of the bit is, are you an insane person who thinks <laughs> just anything that starts with, are you an insane person? And then we, we brought back at Christmas, we brought back the mistletoe tow missile, which was another, right, um, right. it was a, a tow a missile that shoots down mistletoe. I don't even remember. Yeah, that. I don't know. Well, I remember McCann speaking of pre-taped Christmas bits did, um, uh, the Christmas potato. Oh my God. Yes. Do you remember oh, I love those? The Christmas potatoes. Well, the Christmas, there was first, there was some just sort of <laughs> the late night potatoes. Right. And that was, that was more or less a success. Stop animation of a potato in <laughs> uh, some exciting ski chase. And then at the <laughs> right. end, it, it crashed through a chain link fence and turned into French fries. Right. Which is great. And I think I had for like a second there, like, oh, this is Mr. Uh, Stop Motion Animation. He can't do any wrong. And then, uh, so they're like, do a Christmas potatoes. And no one liked it. And I remember (laughs) it was was so insane. And it was like this Santa potato and he barfs mashed potatoes all over a tree. It's like this really hardcore barfing sequence. Okay, I, I just remember him being like a samurai with like a sword yeah. and he cuts <laughs> and then he eats, sucks up the potato guts and then vomits them onto the Christmas tree. Oh, wait, that's how he's... 
<laughs> yeah, so it looks like snow on yeah, the tree. It, it was way <laughs> off the rails. And I just remember Jeff Ross, the producer, just looking over at me, just like, what the hell? <laughs> I like that you be, you became like Coppola in the jungle. <laughs> like just, well, it, it was one of those things like the much. show was about to start and the editing was taking so long and like right. we had to have a special viewing of it like two <laughs> seconds before showtime. Uh. And like it was like one of those. Oh, uh, he's vomiting! All, uh, all right, let's go with it. <laughs> I was like, "Why is he a samurai?" But I yeah, love it. Don't <laughs> ask. There was no thought. <laughs> Why is he sucking up mashed potato Santa Claus? After it was he, he, he? He chopped up the the san the, the little potato babies. I think he chopped them up and and ate them and then puked <laughs> them on the tree. It was. Oh, it's actually pretty good if you go back yeah. and look at it. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> I loved how we would do claymation. We would just roll on something and you'd move everything with your hands, just shoot the whole, you know, it'd be like a 40 minute video and then go in editing and just take out all the shots of the, the hands. And that was the claymation. It looks so yeah. Early on, Tommy Blatcha and I worked on a claymation Christmas special where Saddam Hussein shows up for some reason. Uh, <laughs> for some reason. Is there a clay it's Saddam Christmas Hussein? Time. Yeah, there was a clay Saddam oh, Hussein. Wow. And I remember Andy's little clay character going, Saddam Hussein, why? And he just, <laughs> and it just shows a huge like round mouth on Andy's claymation. It was super primitive and like <laughs> made no sense. And that's why it's a classic. I just remembered a holiday thing that I really loved that it is not Christmas, but it was a Halloween idea that Jose had. Jose Royo, yeah. We had come back after a break and the idea was that we were supposed to do this fun Halloween sketch with a bunch of kids trick-or-treating mm -hmm. and we, it got cut for time <laughs> and then we forgot about it. And the kids had just been, <laughs> they'd been in this area right. in their costumes for like weeks or something. <laughs> and they ate one of them, I think. Yeah, I think like yeah. they'd eaten one of, like there, there had originally yeah. been four kids and now there were three or something like that. Yeah. Right. I just remembered uh, the lighting of the pagoda too. It was a pagoda. It was like a Christmas tree. Right. And they, they went and found him in someone's yard and they brought him in and lit him up. And David Cassidy <laughs> sang a song uh, yes. for it. That was, was great. Fun. And Nancy O'Dell, like, co-hosted it with Conan. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. I remember we had a mini Rockefeller ice rink built in the studio, but it was, it was like, five feet by four feet, and there were two people ice skating in it. I remember David Cassidy was introduced as Grammy-eligible <laughs> recording <right>. artist. <laughs> uh, which was, uh, I think that was Michael Coleman's uh, yeah. <laughs> joke. <laughs> he wanted out. When he showed up, he was like, hey, I can... <laughs> I could sing this. I can sing that. We're like, no, 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 no. And then he saw the script and he's like, ah, I'm not doing this. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So we had to sweet talk him in the green room and it's like, look, you came all this way. You took the elevator up. You had to buy him groceries. <laughs> you get to meet Abe Vigoda, buy him groceries. <laughs> it's hard for anyone these days to understand how huge a teen idol he was, like at one point. And uh, mm -hmm. it was just surreal to have him come in and uh, yeah. do that. But when I was a little kid, he was like... Huge deal. Justin Bieber, yeah. He yeah. was, he really oh, was. Yeah. Well, you brought up, I mean, this wasn't on the show, but you all worked at 30 Rock during Christmas, which I just sounds idyllic. I mean, was that, do you have any memories from being in Rockefeller Plaza? But it wasn't idyllic at all. It was a, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. It was a this nightmare. Is, this is back pre-COVID. There was just every yeah. single person in the tri-state area would come there yeah. and walk around that tree. And then just getting home took an extra 30 minutes of just pushing through oh. angry crowds. It was <laughs> just the worst. It was the best part. 
was Tony Bennett coming by and like kind of yeah. right. sitting oh, yeah. through his sound check and just kind of that was that always kind of kicked off the holiday for me. I do like Jesse imagining that you guys just took breaks to go sledding and throw <laughs> snowballs. <laughs> it was a magical time at Coney. It was it, it was incredibly beautiful in Midtown, you know, with like Radio City lit up and everything. But I remember once the night of the tree lighting my wife Miriam had come by with our older daughter who was just a baby at the time and she couldn't get out of the building. You know, the, yeah. there was absolutely no way to move. It, yeah, was, it, was, crazy. it was like New Year's Eve and it's completely insane. Uh, um, <laughs> the other awful day that we would do shows on Thanksgiving day. Oh yeah. That was the thing. The Thanksgiving like, parade would mm. go by a block away. That was also an awful day. Wasn't the deal that ratings were higher on Thanksgiving day? I think they were. That particular day of the show would do well. That's what they told us. <laughs> That's what they told us. <laughs> I always remember eating a lot of pumpkin pie in my office. Like I would oh. just be like, well, this is cool at least. <laughs> I would eat like an entire pumpkin pie. <laughs> Free pie. Yes, exactly. That's how sad I was. I've got to call my family and tell them about this pie. <laughs> do you remember we never actually did it but we were uh, we looked into it and we had the whole thing map, mapped out we were going to do christmas windows oh, do you remember that right yes and we, had, we had found this whole empty row of storefronts and we were going to make our own christmas windows mm. it became just too cost prohibitive but it was like to me it was like the most exciting bit we That's were such a cool do. idea yeah and it was going to make like all the departments have brain hemorrhages from the work. Yes. But it was going to be so cool. And it was going to be a store, I think, in Westchester, right? Wow. Like, Something really, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be our, the way Saks windows mm -hmm. were thematic. Mm -hmm. They were all going to be, were they Conan related or they were just funny? They were just funny windows, but they yeah, were. Yeah, they were just insane. Yeah. Would you reveal that it was Conan or just have them there? <laughs> I think the idea was to do them and then have him maybe be up there when we reveal them, like a yeah, remote or then, something. And then just leave him up there for the season. Yeah. Like a Banksy. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That It's always one of those things where it's like, uh, well, you know, maybe we can do it next year. And you're like, yeah, we're never doing this ever. <laughs> we're never discussing it ever again. Mike, one of the craziest ones I remember was we, we built all those Christmas floats we made a bunch of joke floats. Oh, yeah. This was the craziest one. That was where, Thanksgiving. Yeah, they had stayed up all night. The, the set design people built all these floats. And the next <laughs> day, I remember, we're sitting in the office. And there's like eight of them yes. like, or more. And I remember getting a call and you get off the phone and Mike goes, Shay Leno's been doing this for seven <gasps> years. Oh, no. We had no idea. No one we, had no watched, one watched it. it. No one watched The Tonight Show. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, no one even knew. It was someone on the crew. Someone on the crew was like, yeah, you know, uh, this works well for Jay, so I see why you guys are doing it. And we're like, oh, no. wait. And it was like, what did you just say? And then like, yeah, he does it every year. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, I'm sorry I brought that up. And so <laughs> we had to totally trash the whole idea and just come up with something new the morning of. And it was a 2 p.m. taping, too. So oh, we had man. like two hours to, oh, that was awful. This pie will make you feel better. Ah. <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> but there are so many things like that. I, I always thought that the writers would feel worse than anybody else about when something big and elaborate got cut. Right. Because every time I would, and this would happen a lot for me, at least, I would apologize to all the departments all the for department. getting cut. And they'd always be, their attitude was always like, that's just, this is the show, you know? 
Yeah, they're like, I get paid either way. Yeah, yeah. They had a much healthier attitude about it. Yes. You you always, uh, you could almost feel the eyes turning toward you when Mm -hmm. Cohen's like, it's cut. And then just like the department heads like. Yeah. I think Andrew Weinberg once said that there was a direct relationship between the amount of work put in and the likelihood that something would get cut. So, like, it was always much more likely if the more effort. Yeah. Went yeah. Except it. for Frisbee Claws. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that about uh, Minty because it reminded me just how often we would create songs around a character and that that sometimes would indemnify it. Like, okay, you, now you've, you've, cross the threshold where now there's enough effort that has been put in t- that this will be safe. Yes. But yeah, I mean, a few of these things we've talked about had had theme songs because Minty, I mean, do you know why? Why did you want it to have a theme song, Todd? Was it just... I mean, I wanted it to be like a holiday thing. I wanted it to be like a yeah. kind of classic-ish holiday character. You know, and I, I wanted him to be a little bit gross because i like mm-hmm. i like gross things that are sweet if that makes sense like <laughs> like i like like lovable monsters <laughs> yeah yeah and he so him being kind of like filthy and with a cigarette butt stuck to him was seemed funny to me and it was i don't know but i yeah like i genuinely was like well if it's a holiday character it should have a holiday song attached to it just seemed mm-hmm. It made sense to me. Right. That juxtaposition of gross and sweet was so perfect because Brian's voice and it like, did someone say my name? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, he was so sweet, you know. It's so sweet, yeah. <laughs> and then he wouldn't talk for the rest of the bit. <laughs> well, I, was, I was also still kind of new to the show then. And I remember Jimmy recorded the song initially. Jimmy Vivino. Jim, uh, Jimmy Vivino, our band leader. Yeah. Who arranged it, who did an amazing job right. arranging it and, and really understood right away what, what I wanted, like the... Whole, like you know speaking uh singing to a megaphone kind of thing but he recorded himself doing it and i didn't know that i could say i don't want you to sing it ah. like i didn't you had to tell i think sweeney had to tell me that it was okay to get it the way you wanted to because i had always i had imagined brian stack singing it right i didn't know that i could say no <laughs> like, yeah so I was just going to let Jimmy do it. I mean, you can say no. You have to deal with the consequences. That's true. <laughs> the phone calls in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's so funny because Jimmy is so cool about all that stuff. Because I remember recording it in the room with him. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, too, because we were like, how do we make it sound extra old-timey? And they had a little cone yeah. on mm-hmm. the shelf that was not even for musical stuff, I don't think. I think it was like a sports-type cone. Right, right, right. Sports like cone. a fan cone. And he goes, why don't you sing through this? And I was like... And it just had that perfect echo, you know, that old-timey echo, like, Minty. Well, also, you had done the old-time crooner ghost, so you'd already mm-hmm. established that you could do that kind of yeah. old, kind of 30s Bing Crosby-esque oh, voice, which was perfect for it. I so. just remember, I, d- I think I did a Christmas version of of the crooner ghost, too, where it was like, Christmas should be only for the rich, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just horrible. Like it was extra horrible <laughs> lyrics for the holidays. So it was like <laughs> he was already a monster, and then a monster at the holidays makes him even worse. <laughs> I love every character has to do their Christmas for for like yes. I know we had yeah. to run drag them through the Christmas filter, <laughs> right? Like McCann did prep, preparation. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. <laughs> did you actually do that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. I yeah. just had, uh, I think it was a pretty cool looking Santa sort of <laughs> outfit, but like with plaid pants and it just looked really cool. Right. But then it was the same old, just, uh, you know, shrink your rectum for the holidays. Sort of. <laughs> for Santa. And then yeah. it was for Santa. the holidays, dot, 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 for the holidays. 
You were giving out gifts because <laughs> Santa had roids and wasn't going to be going out this year. Yeah. Didn't you guys say on here in your interview, Brian, that, that Preparation H Raymond was, uh, when they sent all the Preparation H, they were like hoping to get some plugs for it, but then they were really upset about your character. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they didn't really acknowledge that it existed. <laughs> right. I think Conan had done a joke about Preparation H and it's sometimes companies are like, oh, we're in on it. You know, we get it. Right. Here's a, oh, yeah. And so then... I, that's how that character oh, came wow. up, right? Just because we yeah. had a huge skid of Preparation H sent <laughs> yeah. <of> the company. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. You were a fan. I remember Lorraine Bracco from The Sopranos, when it was on, was on the show, and she loved Preparation H Ram, and she's like, I want to see the Preparation H man. You know, she was like, <laughs> it was just, it was such a surreal thing that, you know, celebrity guests would see this insanity. Right. Know? We'll send him yeah. to your dressing room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, you brought me out live on the air. And like I came out as preparation age, and I, I'm like, oh hello, you know, I sat down next oh. to her. Oh, that's right. And then it goes to like, Karen's like, oh, well, we'll be right back. And then she turns to me and's like, so you know, do you work on the show? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, just <laughs> I just was brought here. And she's like, <laughs> she gets she, her eyes just her whole face sinks, and she goes, oh, you're gonna stay in character. <laughs> 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 oh, I just withered. It was the worst. Oh, oh. I was like, yeah, I think I am. I kind of walked away. <laughs> it's better that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the worst. <laughs> I love that she wanted to meet the man behind. <laughs> I need to know the man behind Preparation H. Raymond. Uh, drop the facade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're done. I guess we're done. <laughs> Can you just insert the Nog Hog song over those lines? Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be nice to play some of the Minty song. That's a good idea. Play us out. Oh, maybe an acoustic version to play us out, Brian? <laughs> the holidays come round. I wish I had a cone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get Jimmy to do it. The holidays come round. You can hear the sound. <laughs> That's great. Of Minty, the candy cane who briefly fell on the ground. Minty fell on the ground, now Minty's covered in goo. Cause Minty fell on the ground for just a moment or two. Yay. <laughs> it's becoming oh. evident. He landed in excrement, but never fear, cause Minty's here to make Christmas excellent. Minty fell on the ground, now Minty's covered in poo. Cause Minty fell on the ground for just a moment or two. Wow. Yay. God bless us, everyone. Stack, that was impressive. Yes. That was impressive. Especially Thank since you. you sang it once, you pre-taped it, and you still know all the lyrics. I, I just, it's one of those things where some stuff just sticks with you, you know? It's just like, I just always love that. <laughs> love singing that. Yeah. Well, does anyone have any final Christmas memories? Anything we didn't bring up? The, the Office was always Ooh, very Secret dedicated. Santa? Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, Secret Santa. We've had some pretty fun Secret Santa Sweeney was always the king yeah. of uh, the elaborate Secret Santa last minute uh, full office makeover sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, he was always good at that. Yeah, those are, I, oh, yeah. and then and then I just went cold turkey from it, and that was that was great. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God, just retired. I don't have to do this anymore. Well, what were some of the things you did? I I mean, I know I've heard them over the years, but um, you, turn, you you totally made over someone's office. I forget in what. There was Debbie Wonder smoke. She had to go outside to smoke. So I, I made a smoking lounge for her. There's an empty <laughs> office. And um, I had like stacks of, I got cartons of cigarettes and I had a page 
uh, a velvet rope out. She could invite other people in to smoke in there. <laughs> John Glazer had me one year and there was a sketch. I, it was a pre-tape I did for somebody where I was a, a ballet dancer. I was in a black leotard and I was dancing the performance area and I had to act like my back hurt. And I don't even remember what it was, but it got cut. And it was really embarrassing you know <laughs> whenever you get cut it's like oh my especially oh, in a black so when you're costumed yeah right <laughs> so that was like in july or something i don't know so um john glazer had me a secret santa and you know i, I went to my desk i didn't know who it was from it was just a vhs tape i opened it up <laughs> i put it in the machine i was like what is this and it's glazer and like he he had a a gimp hat on and it was in a darkened room and he's like oh yeah yeah sweeney yeah and he puts on a vcr and it's me dancing from that cut bit and he starts he's like oh yeah sweeney go yeah sweeney yeah and he's jerking oh, off to no. me and then i'm just like oh my god it's and then just, just when i stopped dancing He's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. And he rewinds it and plays, <laughs> oh, plays more of me. It's like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, sweetie, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Again, he would be in prison. Yes. He would be in prison, too. <laughs> this was fun. So fun, you guys. Thank that you. was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. We'll do it for our Groundhog Day comedy next yeah. <laughs> in February. We'll I've got stories. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, uh, Thank you so much for coming on, Thank guys. Thank you so really much, and happy it. holidays. Thanks for having us. Great to see you all. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody. Nice to see your faces. Okay, thank you to Brian Stack, Todd Levin, and Brian McCann for joining us. Oh, yes. For a very special Inside Conan. And if you like the show, you can support us by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on iTunes, and uh, leave us a review. It would be such a nice gift. Better than granola. And uh, we have a listener question. Yeah, we do. Take it away. I like this one. I like them all, but I also like this one. Yeah. Dear Mike and Jesse, I need your help settling a bet with my husband. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like this. When Andy Blitz hailed a cab to Canada, did your team find a willing cabbie in advance of the shoot? Or did Andy really try his luck on the street until he found a willing guinea pig who didn't mind being on TV? I think you guys found the driver organically on the street, but my husband is too cynical to believe that. If you have time, I'd also love to hear some of your favorite stories of when bits are meticulously planned, but look spontaneous or Aww. vice versa. Thanks. Alice from New York. I love people still make bets with their spouses. <laughs> and here's one. I guess you can't settle on Google. I think that might be some people's primary income source. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, Spouse that, bets. It, it was at one time. Now that's all gone away. Now you just have to bet on sports. <laughs> uh, well, Andy Blitz was a writer on Conan, but he also appeared on the show quite a bit, mm-hmm. mostly in the early aughts. And um, in 2004, we did a week of shows in Toronto in the freezing cold in February, which was a great week of shows. And one of the bits for the week was Andy Blitz taking, I think he missed, uh, the, the idea was he missed the plane and um, he had to run out in hail a cab. So he, uh-huh. he literally got a cab driver to drive him from Manhattan to our theater in Toronto. And he filmed a little remote covering his three or four day trip with this cab driver. Wow. So to answer the question. Yeah. How did they find the cab driver? Well, I don't, you know what? I think, 
this might be a draw because <laughs> they we went out on the street and hailed down taxis mm-hmm. just before he was going to leave. And we were offering an, a, a big cash bonus on top of the, the, the stated fare. <laughs> so we, yeah. we thought it won't right. take that long. And I think it was the second or third cab driver said, I'll absolutely go. So wow. the, the cab that said yes was hailed down a moment before Andy jumped in and went. Yeah. So it sounds like it was spontaneous. It was spontaneous, but not mm-hmm. 100% spontaneous. So, But not total verite because there was also mon- more money being exchanged. Exactly. So Is that right? I okay. think... I would say it's 75% Alice and 25% her husband. I see it totally the opposite. I think (laughs) 75% the husband, maybe 80% the husband. We'll give Alice some bonus points for sending in the question. Also, I love the name Alice. You don't hear a lot of, you don't meet a lot of Alices nowadays. Certainly not from New York. (laughs) They're all from Wonderland. Right. Are there other instances we can think of? I feel like usually when we do remotes, it's mostly verite. Yes. I will say we will often interview a person if we're doing a remote specifically with one person, like Conan's going to, like if he's getting a a dance lesson, we would interview the dance teacher in advance. And make sure they're not too like, oh, don't, you know, I got a hundred jokes I'm going to tell you guys are going to love me. Like... We learn quickly. Right. You don't want hams. Some people are real hams. You would and think you, the you, opposite. You don't want that. And a lot of yeah. times these places, we'd call up, they'd be like, we've got the guy for you. And that that's your tip off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's a red flag. You talk to different staff members and, and always you want someone who's not overtly trying to be funny. Someone who's just going to be themselves. Yeah. You know what? I really like this question for another reason, because a lot of times... People would comment about remotes going, oh, that's all staged. And it's like, no, nothing was staged mm-hmm. I, in terms of what happened on the remote. No. I mean, in terms of dialogue. I'm flattered that they think that Conan's that good of an actor. No, it's all ad-libbed in terms of dialogue. The thing that people don't see is that if something's not working, right. that usually gets cut. I right. mean, if we meet somebody and it really doesn't work... That doesn't make it into the final edit. So we do, we overshoot everything. I mean, you might shoot, especially if you, for instance, are doing like a Triumph remote, you shoot for many, many hours and it gets whittled down to 10 minutes. So you're not seeing all the stuff It's unlike the Get Back Beatles special. We actually would would edit. (laughs) Yeah. No, but... uh, Edit. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, like a travel show, we'd, we'd do a string out or a... A fat, we call it a fat version. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'd be like 12 hours and then we'd have to cut it down to 40 minutes and you just start whacking away. Well, no, but I love, I mean, I think so many things come up in remotes and that's part of what's magical about them. Like in the, when Conan was delivering Chinese food right. in New York City and he ended up falling in love with a woman that was from Argentina. Right. I mean, that's all. Yeah. yeah, that all just happened. And, you know, then Conan decides to spend more time there yes, with that person. Yes, absolutely. And then sometimes the writers are, you know, like if Conan's on a journey from, yeah, going from place to place, and you're about to go into a new place, the writers have their antennas up for people that seem like they'd be fun to talk to. Yes, 
Yeah. And it's not always the people you think. Uh, a lot of times people just inject themselves into... Yeah. Thinking of like when Conan went to Harlem, we did a sh- <laughs> week of shows in Apollo. This woman just oh, came yeah. in and started singing on camera ABBA songs. And she was so great. We were just like, can you... Right. Like right away, we're like, can you hang out with us? And she's like, yeah, you know, I, 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 mm-hmm. I think she had to call work and say... <laughs> You know, I might be a little late or something like that, but you just kind of, when you have some of the, the, where the chemistry's that great, you just want to keep your options open. And so then Conan decided to kind of go, you know, shopping with her. Bring her along to the next part of the bit. Yeah. It, I, I love that. And I think that that's, what's so much fun about being out uh, producing a remote is that you do have to kind of. Right keep your eyes open and be willing to let go of what you had maybe thought you were going to the direction you thought it was going to go and instead just fall, go with the flow and follow the new thread. It's like that, that war analogy where, you know, you have to prepare, Mm -hmm. have a plan and a plan of attack and we're going to do this and we're going to talk to that person and blah, 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 blah. But then also be once it starts, once you're shooting, you, you need to just be open to like, okay, this, if a better option comes along, we follow that and you just go, you just follow what's working. Yeah. Which is always exciting. I, I yeah, I, I think that's, everyone kind of gets off in the adrenaline of that, of not knowing what's going to happen next at that point. Right. And just having to be ready for anything and yep. have the cameras rolling, basically. That, that's the key. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, man, we'd be on breaks and because the cameramen, I'm... They're oh, lugging yeah. this incredibly heavy equipment and we're shooting, shooting, shooting. And then we take a break and then someone, you know, it's Conan on the street resting and someone will, right. great, we'll come up and start talking to him. And he's like, are we getting this? Or, and and yeah. uh, it's like, well, no, we. No, this was the one yeah. minute that we weren't filming. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then we, you know, run up to the camera guys and. Here, I'll hold your sandwich. Yeah. Oh, they want to murder us. I know. And then later trying to piece together that footage in the edit and be like, okay, well, we'll you I know, think... we have footage of the person's shoes. Yeah, I know. A lot. I mean, a lot of times it just, <laughs> it wouldn't be salvageable into a bit. Yeah. Uh, how sad. <laughs> the ones that got away. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Alice. That was yes. fun food for thought. Please send us more arguments. And thank you, Alice's husband. Yes, please do. Or bets. <laughs> Keep it's, not, us it's just a bet. It's just a friendly bet. It's just a bet. If it leads to an argument, that's not really our problem. This might lead to an argument. <laughs> our answer. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to settle a bet or just submit a question, you can email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com or call. We do have a uh, a landline. That's correct. Or you can leave a voicemail. It's 323-209-5303. Or do both. You could do both, yes. yeah. Call. Up your chances. And uh, leave a message while you type out your email question. Oh, and hey, happy holidays to all who celebrate. Happy holidays. Everything's great. We like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Sean Doherty. Our production coordinator is Lisa Byrne. Executive produced by Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. Engineered and mixed by Will Beckton. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis. 
Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat. It's the Conan Show. Try on some spats. You're going to have a laugh. Give birth to a calf. It's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.